like one day I'm sure I will share the story of how I almost died the first time and the second time. And my recent favorite one is when I got deported from Switzerland this summer. So welcome to Our Communication Thing. I'm Scott Viverman. And I'm Joanne Martin. And I'm Paul Booth. And uh, this podcast is an idea, really, I don't know if it came from Paul, but it sort of originated through Paul and sort of involving folks that have uh, an interest in this or experience with this. And generally what we're going to do is we're going to get on uh, alums and grads and folks that, you know, spent some time at DePaul, perhaps got degrees and sort of find out, you know, what's happening now, what's good. you know, uh, their sort of communication story, if you will. And I'm wondering, since we're all on together today and we're thinking of this as basically the pilot episode, maybe we could all share our stories a little bit. Maybe I'll start with you, Paul. Um, <laughs> I'm unprepared to answer that question at the moment, <laughs> well, totally All right, Joanne, you go. All right, I can go. Uh, my story is my background is actually in theater and communication. I was licensed to teach high school, and I never did, because my work-study job in college was actually working in educational technology, and that turned into my career. Interestingly enough, I would not actually be as good at what my job is, I'm currently the director of online learning in the college, for those of you who don't know me, without the communication skills that I have. And let me tell you, that has led me a life full of stories. Like one day, I'm sure I will share the story of how I almost died the first time and the second time. And my recent favorite one is when I got deported from Switzerland this summer. For the record, this is not a common experience of people that are in the College of Communication. (laughs) It is not generally a life-threatening experience. Um, That's just a uniquely Joanne experience. Well, and there's so many things to unpack there, but Joanne, maybe the Switzerland story, because that's, I'm a fan of that show Locked Up Abroad, and I'm sure you sort of piqued my interest there. Tell us more. So I had a wonderful trip to Europe planned this summer with the Vincentian Heritage Tour through DePaul, and I decided before I met everyone in Paris, I was going to book myself five days in Switzerland as a solo vacation. And let me tell you, I was so excited for this. I had that train ride through the Swiss Alps planned the entire thing. So I get on the airplane and I board into my seat and I have a lovely nap on the way over and I land in Switzerland and I am immediately detained by the Swiss police. I am detained for four hours. And then I was deported on the very first plane back to the US, which happened to be to Washington DC. Turns out that I lost my passport on the airplane. Someone five years from now, some mechanic will take that seat out and find it. But when you lose your passport (laughs) on an airplane, they cannot legally let you in the country. So I have actual orders of expulsion, they're called, with a Swiss mugshot. But my biggest accomplishment of that trip is that I was able to get a new passport within 24 hours of landing in the U.S. so I could actually make it to Paris on Monday and be part of the Heritage Tour. I mean, I'm still hung up on the Swiss mugshot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I need to see. I wish we were, we had the visual. Please email that to me because I need to see your Swiss mugshot. What's even better is that I was wearing a black and white striped shirt. 
Like it's, <laughs> it, it's a story I told my neurologist who goes, you know, if anyone else were to tell me the story, I would not believe it. But coming from you, this completely makes sense. So I came home to my kids and I'm like, surprise, I'm home. Switzerland deported me, but I'll leave back on Monday again. And they're like, what? <laughs> I love the idea that in five years time in the mail, you're probably going to get your old passport. <laughs> Because I th- like I, if they found it, they'd just send it back to you. I'm sure they would, and I want those stamps. So United, every like every few weeks, I'll get an email that says, "Hey, we're still looking for your item," and it just makes me chuckle. I'm like, "Oh, someday we'll just randomly appear, and I get to tell the story all over again." Well, and you know, Joanne, the the other stories. I mean, one of the things you know, I've known you a long time, and sort of know your um, near death experiences, but you just have such a uh, a positive energy, this sort of joy and appreciation for life. And I just assume that it comes from those near-death experiences <laughs> where every day you wake up and you, you're like, yep, I'm still here. I'm, I'm still doing it. Actually, it does not. It doesn't? It comes right. from, I will tell you, which, which delightfully segues into what this podcast is. It comes from the viewpoint of life that I have, that we are here to tell stories. We're here to make stories and then to tell stories. And even the terrible things that happen, they are experience we live through. They are chapters. They are biography-changing chapters of my life that are stories to tell. So as much as we have the wonderful, amazing stories of of meeting a gentleman on the plane to Munich, Germany, and having this international romance. I, it's tempered with having these terrible stories of having five brainstem strokes and losing the ability to function. But they're all these stories that make up our life. And it is the joy in the creating the stories and the telling the stories is where I find the magic. It's what I tell my kids. I want them to grow up and to go out in this world and to make amazing stories and to come back every once in a while and tell me all about them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That, that brings such a smile to my face. I've got uh, two kids, 14 and 19, and one of them's a student at DePaul, so I'm getting to sort of hear his story. You know, like I've worked at DePaul for 21 years, and so I know DePaul from the inside, uh, but sort of seeing DePaul, experiencing DePaul, uh, through him and, and, and his sort of version of DePaul. And, you know, he's in a class that I teach, but he's not in my class. Oh. So one of my one of our colleagues is his professor, and it's just really interesting. He'll, he'll sort of, hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. Would you do it this way? Would you ask a question that way? I'm like, maybe not, but I'm not your professor. So, you know, deal with it. But I, it, it is interesting to, to see and experience DePaul University through my son. Those different lenses matter and all put together, they tell the full story, not just our slice of the pie. Absolutely, you know, and and I work so closely with students, you know, at the radio stations, you know, so I've worked intimately with, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of students in my 21 years, but having my own kid, you know, and and sort of experiencing DePaul through him as a student while still being a faculty member, is really fun and and also a little challenging, you know, because (laughs) it's just this thing because he's like, hey, dad, if you're going to be on campus, I could use some of this and some of that. I'm like, okay, I'll make a Costco run for you, you know? (laughs) So I'm so excited for this podcast is to hear everyone else's stories and put them together as pieces of the puzzle. Well, I want to hear more from Paul because uh, Paul's been a guest on Radio DePaul over the years and 
he just has this uh, like amazing. I, I don't use the word Vita very often, but like the the body of work, Paul. That you, I don't know where you, when you find time to sleep between everything that you do, everything you're involved in, now taking on a greater role in the college and all these books you've written. It's uh, it's amazing, really. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Thank you. Um, um, you obviously, ha- you know. Um, I, uh, sorry, I, I, did, I just did not expect such such nice compliments. Um, not 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 because you're a mean person, Scott. No, the <laughs> you're you're a very nice person. I just uh, uh, I didn't expect it to go in this direction. I was thinking of my stories and 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 Joanne's wonderful uh, tales. Yeah, you know, I I I tend to look at my life in a very regimented sort of way. In that, you know, the time that I need to get stuff done is the time I need to get stuff done. And then the time that I don't get stuff done is rest and relaxation time. Hmm. Um, and, and somehow I've, I've managed to make that work in my life. Um, like I, I feel like, you know, other people have come, come up to me and said, God, it feels like you never sleep because, because you do so much. And, you know, I, I do actually <laughs> He's sleep. He's talking I have about a, me. I've asked. I'm that. talking about Joanne. Um, uh, I do sleep. I have, I, I look at my Fitbit sleep score every day. I'm in the 80s. I'm I'm nailing it. Nice. Um, <laughs> but um, but I just I'm I've ever since I I was in grad school I've just been very good at when I'm working I'm working I'm just I'm I'm able to just just do that um, and uh, I think it came from writing my dissertation because when you write write a dissertation there's nobody. It's two years where no one checks in on you. <laughs> like you could, you could literally just be a decaying corpse in a in a room, and so, and wow, no one I, would come check. I have my dissertation coming up. Thank you for making that sound so appealing. <laughs> well, and please please don't just decay in a room, okay, Joanne? Yeah, like, let's not do that. If I if I if I didn't have a dog at that point, I may not have actually gone outside. Um, and so it 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 just became a like if i'm going to survive this if i'm going to have good mental health if i'm going to make myself uh, a you know a happy person as well as someone who has completed a phd um cuz those two things do not necessarily go together and joanne i'm sure you'll be great um the um you know i i just basically set a rule and i said whether that rule was i'm going to write a thousand words a day or i'm going to work for eight hours or whatever um when that time was up i stopped and so it's actually interesting that the i think part of what has made me so productive is that i allow myself not to be productive at times um the it's always it's the space in between you know i was now i'm just gonna philosophize for a bit i was driving down um uh lakeshore drive um, and looking at Navy Pier uh, in the, at nighttime. It's one of my favorite drives in the city. And I realized, you know, it's like got the, the Ferris wheel and you got these buildings and this lovely pier out into Lake Michigan. But I realized what really makes it stand out is all the black space around mm-hmm. it. And it was a completely starless night, like cloudy or something. Um, and... That's how I kind of look at my life sometimes. Like, 
it's beautiful and there's all these amazing things that I get to do and I've published a lot of books and I get to make a podcast with two of my favorite people. <laughs> and But to do that, I also have, have space around my life where um, I'm not doing that, where I'm, I'm reading or I'm watching TV or I'm taking the dog for a walk or something. So, yeah, that, I guess that's my, my, my philosophy, not as in, in engaging a story as Joanne's, but... Um, it does not include a Swiss mugshot or near-death experiences, but, uh, you know, I think that's kind of our point here is that uh, all of our stories and the stories of our prospective guests, they're all going to be different. They're all going to be unique. We have some shared experiences, of course, because we, we all maybe intersected at DePaul, but in general, they're all going to be different, and that's what's so cool, right? It really, really I, is. Absolutely. I Every day I am at DePaul and I get to meet our students and our, you know, future alum um, and our faculty and um, not just not just in communication, but across university. You're just drawn to the interesting stories that these people have. Yeah, and that's one of the things about um, not this is what we call a segue in the business uh, is one of the things that I love about what I do. You know, I fell in love with radio when I was a kid and then I worked in radio and it wasn't as much fun as I'd hoped it would be. But it was my experiences and I got to, you know, be on the radio in Chicago. So family and friends got to hear me. And I was a huge DePaul Blue Demons fan when I was a kid. I used to go see the basketball games at what was the Rosemont Horizon at the time. Oof. Now the Allstate Arena. I know. Uh, and so for me, it was sort of a dream come true. Uh, when I got the job at DePaul 21 years ago, uh, just being able to work at this university and uh, how much I idolized Coach Ray and the Blue Demons and to continue to be able to teach radio, uh, running the radio stations, teaching radio in the classroom. But the thing that I truly loved the most, the thing that I never really got to do in radio because I worked in sort of commercial radio and so I was trained to do commercial radio where you talk over the intros of songs and you don't really share much of your personal stories because um, it's all about the listener and trying to make them happy and make them laugh and all of that. Uh, so what, the thing that I love about what, what I do at DePaul and college radio and the way we do radio at Radio DePaul is listening to our students' shows and just hearing about their lives and their perspectives and their stories and their journeys. And it's just so unique. You know, commercial radio is just go, go, go. Got to get to that next song. And sometimes... The students will play a song and then they'll just talk for 10 minutes about everything and nothing. And that's what I love because I love that they, that they feel that freedom when they walk in the studio and they get behind the microphone and they, they sort of understand that that microphone, like our microphones right now, is the conduit to reach people. And they just talk and they share. And sure, some of them don't have a filter. And I would like some filtering sometimes. Um, but that's, again, one of the benefits of being online only, and we don't deal with the FCC, and they can say what's on their minds, even if sometimes I wish it wasn't on their minds. Uh, so all of that. I take the good, the bad, and, and it's the best part of my job is listening to a student, especially if they, if they join when they're like a freshman, and then I hear them three, four years later, and I just hear how good they've become and how ready they are to go out and do whatever it is they're going to do in the world. Uh, I just love it. It's, it's, uh, it's the best part of my job. I think Whenever that's why I... a lot of us like teaching as well. Go ahead. <laughs> you get to hear all of those. Yeah. All those asides and stories and comments that come in the classroom as well. Paul. Yeah, I, 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 sorry, um, 
whenever I am talking to, to new students, one of my jobs descriptions, one of the things I do is talk to incoming freshmen. Um, and at least three quarters of them are interested in the radio station. Want to wanna go do something with the radio station. I find um, it, yeah, Paul, it's so, it's so interesting to me because all we've heard about over the last 20 years or more is the decline of radio. Right, it's not as profitable. Nobody listens to it. Everybody wants to time and place shift with their podcasts and watch Netflix, and nobody listens to radio anymore. And yet, uh, Radio DePaul has this—it's just this like living, breathing thing, you know. That it's just this juggernaut. Nothing can slow this radio station down. Not COVID. When we had COVID and we couldn't use the station, everybody recorded their shows or they did their shows live from their bedrooms. And we figured out a way to make all that work. And it's just astonishing to me. As much as I love radio, it's astonishing to me that we. I mean, we have like 150 students working there right now, you know, like this week, and we don't have to really promote it. I guess the promotion is the awards and things and the recognition we've gotten locally and nationally, but in general, they come to us, and we're often in a position where we're turning people away because we just don't have any open slots, and it's just, it, it, it's so gratifying, but also so strange because I'm like, but no one else is listening to the radio. I keep hearing radio's dead. And yet, uh, you know, and is predictions it a- of radio, it's been happening since the 50s. As soon as television came on, everyone was like, well, that's it for radio. And then DJ started playing records. And then Elvis went on Ed Sullivan. And then radio's still around to this day. And I just, sometimes it's hard for me to believe that, like, we're turning people away from a college radio station. Like, how is that possible? People really crave connection. And... It's not just content. We're not just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, consuming it is that we want to be part of conversations. And radio allows us to do that where it's not just something pre recorded that you can do asynchronously. I mean, that's my online learning background coming out there. That it, <laughs> it, it provides a context to a world and a conversation about the world in such an immediate kind of way. I've actually found myself through my um, uh, uh, voice-enabled device, if I say it, it's going to beep at me at the moment, um, asking to play radio stations mm-hmm. because I enjoy that this is the same time and place, the ephemeralness of it that some other technologies that we've had and some other entertainments have not had in the past. I think it's going to make a comeback bigger than we it's, think. It's so... It's so- uh, like I always tell students that radio is a dish best served uh, live, right? It's live. It's now you're in people's ears. It's so personal and intimate. You know, it's not like the old days in the thirties where, you know, uh, Roosevelt's uh, fireside chats where the whole family would gather around the radio and stare at the radio and listen to him. You know, it's a personal thing. That's why you can look around when you're driving in traffic and you see people who sort of seem to forget they're in public because they're singing and they're dancing. <laughs> Hi, that's you know? me. That's totally me. <laughs> Let me tell you about the car concerts that I've had and continue to have and the new Taylor Swift album comes out tonight. So you guess what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. 
I, I'm the same way. I'm 54 years old, and I found myself the other day still doing air drums <laughs> the way I did when I was 16 and 17 with my buddies in high school. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still air drumming, and I'm still good at it, just for the record, just putting that out there. You know what I, I found interesting it... in the pandemic is that I was so used to wearing headphones in the stores and a mask that I would be lip syncing mm. in the store. And then when I stopped wearing masks, I didn't realize that I was still doing that. And I would be like walking through the store, like lip syncing away sometimes not quietly and people would look at me funny and I completely didn't even realize that I was still doing it on that girl some sometimes I wear my earbuds but I don't play anything in the earbuds so that I can talk and (laughs) sing to myself and people will look over and they think I'm talking or singing to somebody when in fact (laughs) I am I am just having a conversation with myself I there was, started doing that with when I was wearing a mask, like Joanne just said. But now I just right. I mean, there's, doing there, there, there were some real benefits, uh, obviously health benefits to to masking, but also being able to comment about things that we would see and experience, uh, and sort of keep those things to ourselves. Uh, we could sing to ourselves. We just, uh, yeah, I, I sort of had a love hate relationship with the mask, uh, you know. And now, of course, we're in the classrooms and. Generally, people are not masking, and uh, it, there's the, you know that sort of cloud, if you will, of COVID is still sort of hanging over all of us. But I I am encouraged by the fact that we're back in the classrooms and um, the radio station. We haven't had an outbreak at the radio station, so you know students are free to wear masks if they want to, but we're not requiring them. Uh, we're encouraging people, of course. If anything, if you have a runny nose, please stay home. Right? Let's err on the side of caution. And it's more than just COVID. My house currently has influenza A in it. Let me tell you, because we had masks, I'm like, you were staying in your room and you were wearing a mask and we're not all getting it. I just don't like being sick at all anymore. Right. And we've all learned. We've all learned how to quarantine and, you know, and how to sort of compartmentalize our homes. I've had similar things, as you're saying, Joanne, with with one sick kid. It's like, you go to your room. Mm -hmm. And if you come out of that room, you better be wearing a mask, mister. Exactly. (laughs) The rules have changed. Well, you know what? Uh, This is our, as we said, sort of our pilot episode. And I know the three of us, three talkers, get together. uh, We could talk forever. But in general, this is the idea, right? This is what we want to do. We want to get folks on interesting people whom we know from DePaul. We want to hear that experience and hear their stories today, what they're doing now, what their plans are for the future. Like this to me today sounds exactly like what we're hoping this will be. So, Scott, you're saying this is kind of going to be like our communication thing? I think it is. <laughs> in fact, that sounded so natural, by the way, Paul. It is. <laughs> it is our communication thing or thang, depending thang. on how cool the guest is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what we're really after is sort of, you know, rolling up our sleeves a little bit and, and getting these guests on and talking about their experiences at DePaul in the communication college, or if they're old enough, the communication department, which is when I started, we were still a department, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what their lives have been like since then. You know, I, like, I'm, I'm friends with some of the former like, DePaul students that I had on Facebook, uh, but that's just a glimpse. Those are just little snapshots of their lives. Like, I really want to spend time, as I know you guys do, spend time really hearing, like, what are you doing now? And what do you love about it? And what are you hoping to do in the future? So, yeah, that definitely is going to be our communication thing. I can't wait. I am so excited. 
So everybody, thanks for checking out this pilot episode of Our Communication Thing. This is a production of DePaul University, the Communication College at DePaul University. I'm Scott Viberman. And I'm Joanne Martin. And I'm Paul Booth. And thanks for listening. We'll be back hopefully with the official first episode soon. And this is where my tagline, member Joanne, we were talking about what's going to be our closing yeah. line, our little tag at the end. So I'm just going to go with stay well. Perfect. That works. That's great. Thank you.